Hello, you are listening to the KGFC Festival Talks Podcast. I am your host, Craig Horsley, and we are coming to you from Kew Gardens Film Festival of Cinema. And we are running from August 3rd to August 12th at the UA Midway, which is in Forest Hills on on Queens Boulevard and Continental Avenue, and also the Queens Museum, which is located in Flushing Meadows Corona Park, which is the home of the 1965 World's Fair and still the uh, home of the iconic uh, Unisphere. So today we are speaking with Shailen Cotton and Jessica Naftali. And they, uh, Shailen uh, was the writer and co-director of a future web series called After Oil. And Jessica um, also co-directed the film. So what we're going to be showing on Friday, August 10th at 2.30, will be the pilot of this web series. So welcome. Thank Thanks. you. Thanks for having us. Yeah. So um, the title of the film is After Oil, and I don't like to describe the film because I don't want to give anything away that the, that the writers don't want me to, so please tell us ab- about the film. Yeah, well, we're not, we're not too precious <laughs> about... Um, spoilers. Spoilers, yeah. to a degree. Um, but yeah, so uh, the, the film or the, the web series takes place five years into a global oil crisis, but it's also centered mm-hmm. in um, uh, Appalachia. Um, I'm from the Catskills, um, and it was really interesting to me to explore the concept of a dystopian world that took place rather than in the city, um, as so many do, but instead in a r- more rural area where the impact is a l- sometimes like may- maybe a little bit more subtle, mm-hmm. but um, pretty massive. Uh, and specifically looking into the repercussions of like an oil crisis, um, people don't have cars, and uh, that's a huge uh, thing for um, people who live in rural areas like like the mountains and uh, yeah yeah and from that she brought in the idea of how bikes would become a commodity um, so that's why our main character Briar Dunlap um, has started a bicycle gang of kids in her neighborhood to kind of ferry food deliveries to the locals who no longer have the gas to drive anymore um, and the first episode kicks off when one of those kids goes missing so it's a mystery thriller as well as an environmental yeah. drama. Uh, it's, it's good that uh, the pilot ended with a cliffhanger. Yeah. yeah. And so it definitely wants you to, c- to continue. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So it's a, a web series that you've written the next few scripts for also. Yeah, yeah. so we have uh, ten full scripts written. Um, she wrote them all for her thesis, actually, for school. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, as a screenwriting major and I was a directing major, that's why we kind of came together at SVA. Um, and yeah, she had to write a feature length, so instead she chose to write ten episodes of it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And um, it's a pretty complex film wi- with regards to uh, scenes and yeah. uh, characters. Yeah. Um, how did you f- choose the location? Well, I mean, I think in, in complete transparency, we bit off more than we could chew. Um, I think at the time we knew that. Uh, I wanted to shoot something in my hometown. I knew I could get all the locations for free, and I did. Um, but of course, and then I th- and I think in the process of producing it, we we had as film students a bit of a learning experience with uh, what it means to have uh, a film, a pilot, a web, uh, an episodic content of any kind that takes place in so many locations like ours does. Um, but we we shot entirely in my hometown, entirely. 
for free as far as locations were concerned. And other than our two principal characters, uh, Briar and Sarah, who were uh, girlfriend and girlfriend, who uh, uh, played by Melina Brown and Kaylee Schuler, uh, we cast all the rest of the cast upstate. Um, so they were all local talent. I mean, local for upstate means that they came from everywhere across yeah. the state, um, which was crazy. But we, everyone came from the area. And, uh, I mean, there's a lot of, you definitely bit off a lot because <laughs> uh, some people who will be make their first film will have something inter interior yeah. Yeah. Uh, in, one <laughs> in one room. And you have a lot of external shots. Yeah, yeah, and it didn't help that we set it in a global oil crisis where people can't drive, so yeah. we had to try and not shoot where we can see cars yeah. or just general things that would be powered by gas and oil. And and some night sh night shots oh, again, yes. which is a difficult thing. Yes. Yeah. Especially when you're outside. Yeah, the amount of talks we had about logistics of how we can possibly light it with like the limited light we have. Yeah. Um, while trying to obviously not replicate anything artificial because they don't have a lot of artificial power going on, um, was a lot. It we was were a every lot. time we were like, could we just maybe do this in the daytime? We're like, no, that would <laughs> just change the entire mood of the scene. It wouldn't make it very scary yes. or a cliffhanger or. It wouldn't bring that kind of dread that happens at the end. Um, but, yeah, it, it was very hard in our DP, for sure. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So writing a web series, did you write the entire series before you filmed the first pilot? Yeah, I, I wrote, um, we, I, I, I had everything outlined before we had shot, and I was, had most of the first season's episodes written before we had shot. I had, we, it was important to us especially before we had started shooting that we had a really full picture of what the season was going to look like because it's really important to me it's not i mean it's interesting because i don't think tv doesn't function that way at all um tv functions very much on because because you're shooting as you're writing um i think there's less of an opportunity for that sort of like long form type of thinking but it was important to us that we had a very clear picture of uh like where our characters were coming from and where they were going so that like a feature things felt cyclical if you know when, when or when the future episodes came up so now after you've filmed the pilot and you've experienced all these challenges yeah um are you going to change any of the future episodes to make it a little bit uh easier oh well yeah yeah yeah, I think it has to happen um i mean so much changed just in shooting it because of um budget and mm -hmm. and uh, circumstance, yeah, um, and like just space from the material now as well. Like we just want to change things anyway in terms of where we think these characters can go to strengthen their journey. But in terms of how we approach the actual filming, for sure, there's a lot of cheats we can do to maybe make it a little bit smaller and more producible than we had originally intended. Yeah, yeah. And so, w web series. This this is a whole new way of uh, letting product be seen. Yeah. Uh, did this come from you going to the school? Did they did they encourage this or? No, uh, I mean I think <laughs> I think this is true for most film schools in general that feature, especially in New York, is is, mm -hmm. is what's sort of coached and and the the mindset. Um, but I think both of us that's, that's sort of what we clicked over um, mm -hmm. was that we both had a passion for episodic and and specifically for digital epi episodic content because I think especially as queer women. Um, there's a lot more power in uh, not that mainstream Yeah, and route. just, yeah, because digital media is all coming from individual people trying to fund their own stuff or get their own stuff made. 
Um, there's much more power in the creators to kind of have a say in what they're actually producing. Um, so getting uh, other narratives out there, like queer narratives um, or narratives that are just not the n typical Hollywood narrative is a lot easier when you have more control over your own content. Yeah. So now you're two women who are, are filmmakers. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've Actually, today there were quite a few women who came, <laughs> came and uh, I talked to. Nice. Are you seeing the industry becoming more you know, friendly to women filmmakers. Yeah. I mean, yeah. just post, you know, like in the the year or so post graduation, I've worked on primarily female sets and it's really quite um, rewarding. I, our set was primarily female and it yeah. wasn't a conscious choice necessarily. Yeah. It was just who, th who we knew who were the best in our department at the time. Um, and I've seen it gone both ways on sets where some, you know, I think there's there's definitely a shift in the consciousness or just to to hire female. Uh, but just, I mean, I think when you just have females at the, and the producing level and the directing level, you wind up with a more balanced set usually. Yeah. Oh, uh, the rest of your team, are they all women? Do you have some men on your team? Um, yeah. yeah, we have a decent amount of men, too. Um, but, yeah, it's our DP's a guy, our editor's a guy, but we had a lot of women just working behind the scenes um, in general, and especially uh, our producer, um, Juana Hodari, uh, is a woman, and she was above our year in school, and just watching her make yeah. her documentary the year before and, and seeing how much... Um, kind of power she holds on set and how she works and how strong she is as a filmmaker is always inspiring. So get to work with her and our first AD just having like this top tier set of like really powerful women it was so amazing to watch and I think really also helped reflect in our characters and watching them tell their story. Uh, it definitely affected just the general tone and mood as well. Yeah, um, and it was important I think Ironically, we shot the pilot like within a week. I feel like of um, Trump's mm, yeah. uh, election to office, and uh, and if you've seen the pilot, there's a lot of overtone. I mean, like there was n n uh, no agenda in um, how <laughs> the 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 you know this Confederate flags you see in on one of the locations. Um, it's very pertinent to the area, and I think it was uh, we had a set that was full of uh, lots of women and people of color, and I think it was important to just the feeling of like safety and security on set for the story we were telling especially yeah. that it was such a diverse set yeah. and what, what was good about the location is that even though you're saying it's in the Catskills yeah. it could be anywhere it could be yeah. any oh, rural yeah. area yeah I mean so it's not yeah. it's not specifically <laughs> in New York yeah, yeah uh, exactly yeah. I think that's what was surprising to a lot of our so we had some crew who had gone up with us beforehand but a lot of people didn't understand that you really don't have to go very far up into New York to really see a different yeah, mindset yeah different, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think any time anyone entered the, like, hunting cabin, they were just freaked out. <laughs> we have a, a scene um, where the main characters go to visit uh, a, a couple who live, like, out in the woods um, to ask them questions uh, about their friend who's gone missing. And um, that was, yeah, we didn't, we didn't, we practically didn't touch that house. It's covered in shotgun shells and knives and Confederate flags and effigies and, and animal these, skulls. And, and these are indigenous people. These are people who live there. Yeah. No, yeah. 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 No, yeah. It was just a, a friend of the family. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. like, I have this place that's not being used. Yeah. Uh, so, um, that I, I, I'm going to continue talking about the film, but I just mm -hmm. have to ask this one question. So, um, <laughs> you just finished school a year ago. Yeah. Um, the makeup, male, female in your classes, 
what's it? What was it? Was it mainly male or? or? It was mainly male. Yeah, I think we were majority Still. male. Um, yeah. I mean, there was like a decent amount of women, but it wasn't. Yeah. It was definitely not split in half. No, not at all. I mean, like you can, you could really feel it depending upon, because like you know, SBA and a lot of, I think a lot of other, I think NYU does this too, where you're split up on concentration. Um, we, I was in screening, Jess in directing, um, and you really felt it in the both of those uh, specific concentrations where it was primarily male, yeah. um, even in sm- smaller classes where you kind of, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think, yeah, we saw it also because the class that we, like, came together in in terms of wanting to work together was a writing and directing class, so we got to do that together, and both of those kind of concentrations came together, and we were definitely, like, what was it, like, three or four women yeah. in the class? Yeah. yeah. That's interesting, because, yeah. I, I mean, what's happened in other areas, business yeah. schools, it used to be predominantly male, yeah. and now it's predominantly female, so yeah. I think... Yeah. It's changing. It's definitely oh, getting yeah. better. I mean, I it feel like if we looked at it, I mean, even looking at Juana's year, there was less people than our year in terms yeah. of women. Um, but it just, yeah, it's definitely not split in half yet, but it, it's getting, it's getting there. Yeah. It is. Um, okay, so back to the film and, and the web series. So you've done one, one episode. Uh, the next episode, are you waiting to get more money to be able to film it? Are you hoping to get it picked up by somebody? Yeah, it's a combination of all those things. I think um, our goal was always to be able to make it ourselves. Uh, and then reality set in a little bit about what that would take um, uh, once we were no longer film students. And uh, so it's a lot about wanting to be able to do this ourselves and understanding now that that takes um, probably... Uh, most realistically a combination of getting other uh, people involved but also getting an audience that's large enough where it's self-sustaining and that's so rare um, in digital content and I think Mm -hmm. we have more of an understanding of that now Um, but yeah and then also we are considering um, shopping it yeah 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 it's just basically now we want to put the feelers out to see what where we're gonna head with it um i mean definitely both for us in terms of what we're individually working on on it is just reworking the scripts making sure they're at a place where they would be producible either by us or by um whoever would pick us up because it would be still in a digital space so there's definitely still a smaller budget there even if we did get picked up um so making sure that those are in the best place they can be in while still shopping around seeing where we could go with it um, so this is a web series, but have you seen it on a big screen yet? Oh yes, um, we were. I mean, actually, we were very lucky that the School of Visual Arts has like a very big theater that they do. They, I mean, they hosted. We after our first festival, we did after because our our SVA does a uh, like a film festival for their thesis students every year. Um, yeah, and awesome. then uh, at the first festival we did after that was brought after Earl Two was New York Television Festival, and they had screenings there. They have a huge screen, and it was really like a great experience to have that be the first. Yes, sighting. yeah, it was insane for because the SVA does it at their own theater, so having it on uh, like typical movie screening yeah. um, premiere screen size was a bit intimidating, but also yeah. great at the same time. Um, definitely helps uh, really feel wa- like you're watching it with an audience um, and getting a new perspective on it. Yeah. So the audience reaction, since it is part one of many, mm. yeah. Yeah. Um, do people say, oh, what's next? Yeah, that's yeah. the main feedback <laughs> we, we've been getting, and it's been great. Yeah, um, I mean, it's, only, it's the best feedback we can ask for yes. is people wanting to see more. 
Um, but it's also like so frustrating because we're like, <laughs> we want to give you more so badly, but we just don't have money yet. Right. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, the the fact that you got that kind of feedback yeah. means that you you did what you set out to do. Yeah. yeah. People yeah. are looking forward. You have the right cliffhanger. You have the right characters that people are vested in. Yeah, for sure. A- and um, yeah, I th- I'm looking forward to seeing what what you have in store next. Yeah. Thank you. So Thank much. you. Yeah. Um, this was great. So so the film is After Oil. We're hoping to see this as a continuing story on the web, uh, but to see the first time. Uh, is Friday, August 10th at 2.30 at the Queens Museum. And we've been talking to Shaylin and to Jessica. Thanks so much. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. Thank you. So um, before we we leave, I'd like to thank our wonderful sponsors, Blog Talk Radio, for providing an excellent platform for our podcast. Also, we're coming to you from Atiz Cafe in Kew Gardens. That's Atiz, which has wonderful organic coffee and tea. They're on Metropolitan Avenue. And um, they've been our wonderful host for our lounge here. Uh, Anybody who has uh, ticket stubs or has a badge for being part of the festival uh, is given the opportunity to have a 10% discount on all their coffees, teas, and baked goods. Uh, And that is until August 12th, which is when our film festival completes its run but um, you still have some time left so for more information and how to p- purchase tickets for the upcoming events uh, we still have some films and events uh, running through August 12th please join us on our website at www.qgardensfestivalofcinema.org that's Q-K-E-W gardensfestivalofcinema.org thank you for listening this is Craig Horsley signing off Bye-bye.